We are on our last week of our sermon series called I Am Jesus. And the, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service, the, the big idea has been we are looking at uh, things that Jesus has done. So the first week was I Am Jesus, the one who identifies with you. Uh, and what we saw was, was pretty crazy, that Jesus was baptized just like we are baptized. Which, as we said, didn't really make sense because Jesus was perfect. He was sinless. Why would He need baptism when baptism washes away your sins? And what we saw was that Jesus said, I identify with you. Uh, I was, the Bible says He was numbered with the transgressors, with those who, who crossed God's line purposely. He was numbered with them. He was our sin bearer. He took on our sin. And so God said, I'm going to baptize you and wash your sins away. Though he had no sin, but he had ours. Last week we looked at how he battled against the devil and all of his temptations and he won. And he was perfect. And because he's perfect, we too are perfect in God's sight because we saw how his prize is our prize. God gave him the prize of a winner and now we get the prize of being winners against the devil and all of the temptations that he throws at us. Today we're going to look at how Jesus left His glory for us. We're going to look at the account that's known as the transfiguration. But before we do, I want you to think about something. Wednesday was a very special day. Not only was it Ash Wednesday when we start Lent uh, and, and our journey to the cross, but it was also Valentine's Day. And the more I thought about it, the, the more I realized our Valentine's Day can look however we want, right? We can have whatever Valentine's Day we want. If we want, we can go out to a restaurant, uh, we can make reservations, or we can stay home. We can cook ourselves. Uh, we can go out and buy a gift. We can go out and do all the research, go out, buy a gift, buy our card, bring it home, fill it all out. Or, uh, from a couple clicks of the button, we can have a card shipped to our door. We could have a gift shipped to our door. We can have a bottle of wine shipped to our door. We can even have Omaha steaks shipped to our door, cook them ourselves the way we like it, and have our dinner at home, not worry about traffic, not worry about the lines, not worry about reservations. We literally can have our Valentine's however we want. And that's how we've become accustomed in America, isn't it? We can have things the way we want. Burger King, have it your way. We want everything how we want it. And in America, we can have it the way we want it the majority of the time. And when an experience, a gift, something along those lines isn't what we want, how do we feel? Disappointed? Frustrated? Upset? These are all natural feelings. And so the question I have for you today, do you ever view Jesus this way? Do you ever make Jesus into someone that you want instead of who He really is? Do we look at Jesus and say, I want you how I want you to be, not how you actually are? The disciples struggled with this. They struggled with making Jesus into a Messiah that they wanted Him to be. 
And today, we pick up in Matthew chapter 17, uh, starting with verse 1. And here's what we're told. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Six days before this, Jesus was talking with his disciples. And he said, who do the crowd say that I am? And they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're a prophet that died long ago that uh, has come back to life. Uh, Some say you're just a great teacher. And Jesus said, okay, great. But who do you think I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Peter, because you couldn't have come up with this on your own. God revealed it to you. And then... Jesus started to say, just so you guys know, we're heading up to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer and die. And he began explaining again and again that he's going to suffer and die. And Peter's finally said, enough, Jesus. Pulls him into a corner and starts rebuking him. And says, stop talking about dying. You're not going to die. Why? Because Peter thought the Messiah was going to be somebody who overthrew the Roman government. That was common through, um, amongst the Jewish people, that he was going to overthrow the Roman government, set up his kingdom in Jerusalem, and never die. He was going to rule, and it was going to be just glory days for all the Jews. And Peter, being one of Jesus' close 12 disciples, was going to be a big benefactor of this. He's been with Jesus for three years. When Jesus gets onto his throne, oh baby, the glory is going to happen. He's going to experience some good times then. And so Jesus... You need to stop talking about dying. And Jesus turned to him and said, Get behind me, Satan. You don't have in mind the things of God. You have in mind the things of men. So get behind me. Six days later, Jesus takes them up a mountain. Peter, James, and John. Takes them up a mountain to spend quality time with them. One-on-one time with them. Even though the disciples heard Jesus preach and teach every single day, he knew that it was one-on-one time that was going to build up their faith. And so he brings them up to the mountain, and here's what happens. There, he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then, there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. If you're following along in your worship folder, here's your first point for today. Jesus is the Lord of glory. He's the Lord of glory. On that mountain, Jesus transfigured. Uh, In the Greek word, it's metamorphotai, which is where we get our word metamorphosis. He literally changed forms. It was as dramatic as as a tadpole into a frog, as a caterpillar into a butterfly. He changed his form into his heavenly body. And look how it's described. His face shone like the sun. Literally, rays of beams. Beams of rays? Now I'm questioning myself. Beams of rays, right? Sun rays beaming off his face. That's what I'm trying to say. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became white as light. 
His heavenly body was shown. All of His glory. And there standing beside Him are Moses and Elijah. Moses, dead for 1,500 years. Elijah, dead for 800 years. Standing, talking with Jesus. His glory is shining. And the disciples are witnessing this. We read from 2 Peter earlier. This is what Peter was talking about. He was an eyewitness to Jesus' glory. Why did Jesus do this? Why did He show His disciples this glory? Well, He had talked a lot. He identified Himself a lot with God. He he did plenty, plenty of miracles to show that He was God. But in just a few months, He was going to suffer. He was going to be arrested, tortured, whipped, mocked, beaten, crucified, die, and then eventually, three days later, rise again. And he didn't want the disciples to doubt. He didn't want them to think, well, maybe he isn't who we thought he was. And so he says, look, I am the Lord of glory who you think that I am. And in a few months, I want you to remember this. Remember this moment. Because I am the Lord of glory. And this is what the disciples have been waiting for, right? Jesus, we want you to have glory. This is who we knew you were, Jesus. We knew you had glory. This is what we want. Stop talking about suffering. Stop talking about dying. This is great. This is you. Let's camp out. And that's what Peter says. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. This is great. Glory. This is what they've been waiting for. And Peter says, let's not leave, Jesus. Let's hang out. I'll build a couple tents. John, he's going to bring the s'mores. James is going to bring the guitar. We're going to sing Kumbaya. And we're going to have a great time singing campfire songs together. And we're not going to talk about suffering. We're not going to talk about dying. This is what we want, Jesus. This is the glory we want. And we want that too, don't we? If you're following along, our second point today is we want a Messiah who makes our life glorious. We want a Messiah who makes our life glorious. That's what the disciples wanted. They wanted Jesus to bring glory here and now. And they wanted to camp out in it when they saw it. And isn't that what we want? And we want it because we know Jesus. We know He has all glory. We know He has all power. We know He has control over everything. So Jesus, bring me some of this glory. Make my life glorious right here, right now. It's easy to worship Jesus. It's easy to follow Jesus when things are going well in our life, right? When our health is good, when our bank account is even better, when we look out back and the kids are playing nicely in the backyard together, not fighting or arguing, uh, when there's no drama at work or in school, when, when things are just working out and we have peace and prosperity, it is easy to follow Jesus. It's easy to say, Ah, Jesus, You are the Lord of glory. This is who I thought You were. 
This is what I knew you could do for my life. This is what I want. Let's camp out and keep the good times rolling. But that isn't the Messiah that Jesus is, is it? He's not the Messiah to make our life glorious here. And we know that. And we can hear it again and again and again. But what happens when bad times come? We seem to forget, don't we? When I was a kid, my mom would always tell me and my brother, look, when you take your clothes off and throw them in the, clo- uh, the laundry basket, please turn them right side up and not inside out. Why? Because my mom did not want to do the laundry, take things out, and then have to turn them right side up to hang them up or, or uh, fold them. And I love my mom, but she's a little OCD, so she wouldn't just fold them inside out. She would turn them right side up. And so she said, please, just do this for me. But every load of laundry, mom would come up to either me or my brother, and she would say, hey, I thought I told you to put your clothes right side up when you put them in the laundry basket. Yeah? Well, how come your clothes are inside out? I forgot. That's how we are with Jesus and Him being the Messiah that He really is. We hear again and again, He isn't the Messiah to bring us glory here on earth. And then bad times happen, and we start saying, Jesus, where are you? What happened? Why? Because we've turned Jesus inside out. We've made Him into something He's not, and into a Messiah that He isn't. And we see that in our lives when bad things happen. Because how do we respond? We start to question God. God, you must have made a mistake. I've been faithful. You meant to do this to somebody else, not to me. We start to get angry and frustrated. God, I thought you said you were a God of love. How is this loving? We get angry. We get mad. And we question him. When a fifth grade boy gets cancer, when a, a high school has a mass shooting, when your marriage is falling apart and God seems to be doing nothing, when uh, a friendship, a relationship starts going bad, we look at God and we say, I thought you had all power, I thought you were the glorious Lord. If so, why are you doing this to me? And we turn our back and we're tempted to even leave him because he's not the Messiah we thought he was. Because we want a Messiah who brings glory to our life here. That's what Peter wanted. That's what the disciples wanted. And they said, let's camp out in this glory, Lord. And as Peter was talking... God spoke. And here's what he said. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. As Peter was speaking... A cloud enveloped them. 
even more glory on top of the glory that they were already seeing. And how did they respond? They hit the ground terrified. Why? Because this is what happens when sin comes in contact with the holy and perfect God. The person is terrified. Imagine for a second that you worked in a big company, huge company, uh, and you've never really met the CEO because it's that big of a company, and so you just have your little department that you work in, uh, and you've never met him. Well, you have an idea of who this guy is based on company policies, and so one day you're extremely frustrated and you're in a circle of people and you start to vent about your CEO and uh, giving your opinions of what this guy is like. And all of a sudden, a guy in the circle steps forward and says, yeah, I'm the CEO. Everything you've just been saying, you've been saying about me. Imagine how embarrassed you would be. Imagine how fearful you would be. Uh, More than likely, your job is done. Now imagine coming in contact with the holy and perfect God. The God who knows every thought that you've had. The God who has seen every action that you've done. Who has heard every single word that has ever come from your mouth. Wouldn't you want to hit the deck in fear and get into the fetal position and hope and pray that nothing bad happens? That's what the disciples did. And God spoke. And he said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Peter, James, and John. Jesus has been telling you he's the Messiah. He's been telling you he's going to suffer and die. Listen. Listen to him. And that's true for us too. We need to listen to who the Messiah says that he is. And this is your third point for today. Jesus may not be the Messiah we want, but He's the Messiah we need. Jesus may not be the Messiah we want, but He's the Messiah that we need. We may want a Messiah that brings us glory here on earth, but that's not the Messiah Jesus was, and he's not the, that's not the Messiah that we need. And God says, listen to Him. Listen to Him. Do you think Jesus wanted to leave that mountain that day? Do you think He wanted to leave glory? Of course not. Nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to go through hardships and pain. Nobody wants to die. Neither did Jesus. And yet Jesus left that mountain. He descended that mountain that day because He was here to bring us lasting glory. Because Jesus knew that any glory that we have here on earth is fleeting. It's never uh, long-lasting. We have moments of extreme happiness, and then it fades. Because we're sinful. And Jesus wants us to have lasting glory. The lasting glory that we want, He wants us to have. But did you notice how the disciples responded to that lasting glory? They were terrified. They were scared. It wasn't good. And Jesus knows that in order for us to have that lasting glory, sin needs to be removed. Sin needs to be taken away from us so that we are perfect in God's sight. And so what did Jesus do? He left all His glory. He left the glories of heaven 
and was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary. And for nine months, the Lord of glory, God Himself, lived in a womb. And then He was born, and for 33 years He walked this earth with no glory or majesty. He suffered the way we suffer. He had lost the way we have lost. He had pain the way we have pain. He didn't have any glory or majesty. And on that mountain of glory, He experienced the glories of heaven one more time before He descended. Descended that mountain so that He could ascend the Mount of Shame, Calvary. And it's on that mountain where He was crucified. And at the cross of Christ, all of our sins have been removed. All of our guilt and shame, gone. We are now perfect in God's sight. Our relationship with Him is back to one. And now, when we die, we have the lasting glories of heaven. Joy, happiness, no suffering, no pain, but only glories and joy forever. And it was a lasting glory that will never, ever end. Jesus left His glory so that we could have the lasting glories of heaven. And that's great, right? We, we cannot wait for the day that we get to heaven. But what about today? What about tomorrow? What, what does this impact on our daily life? How does this even help us? Let's look at how this ends. Disciples are laying on the ground, terrified. But Jesus came up and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. So here the disciples are. They're laying on the ground, terrified, probably fetal position, hoping that God doesn't destroy them. And Jesus bends down on one knee, puts his hand on them, and says, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Get up. Let's go. And Jesus got up with them. And He went down the mountain with them. And so, we are going to experience pain and suffering. We are. Things aren't going to be glorious here on earth all the time. But we have a promise from Jesus. And this is your fourth and final point for today. The Lord of glory promises to go with you. Wherever we go, Wherever we go. Jesus got up and went with His disciples that day, went down the mountain, and He went and suffered and died so that we may have lasting glory. And He promises to us that no matter where we go in life, He says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Wherever we go, He is there with His hand on our shoulder saying, I am with you. Don't be afraid. Even when we go through the darkest valley, the shadow of death, the Lord of glory, the same Lord of glory who has all the glories of heaven, He is with you. He is controlling the situation and He is guiding you and leading you to heaven where you will have lasting glory forever. And that lasting glory is yours. And the Lord of glory is yours because He left His glory to save you. May God be with us this week as we rely on Him more and more. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we are so thankful that You left Your glory that we may have lasting glory. 
uh, in heaven. We ask that as we uh, go about our week and, and we're tempted to question you, Help us to uh, get rid of our doubts. Cast them all away so that our questions are gone and all there is is trust. Trust in you. Trust that you have control and trust that you are leading us to glory. As we go through bad times in life, help us uh, to uh, yearn more for heaven and desire heaven even more where where our sufferings will end and it will be only glory all the time. In your name we pray. Amen.